Hello and welcome to the Monsters, Myths, and Mayhem podcast. This is going to be one of our special guest episodes. I'm Silver and our normal regular co-host. Chaotic, you still there? Yeah. <laughs> did you leave it open for me again this time? Yes, I did. Oh my god, I hate it here, Silver. I was like not prepared to say my name because you've not been saying my name for like, or you've been saying it for me the last like three episodes. It's derpotic. It's on purpose. It is. It absolutely is. Silver and derpotic. And the mysterious voice from the void <laughs> is our special guest. Hi, I'm Celendria. You can call me Cell. I am in the void. It's very dark here. Does anyone uh, have a light? Uh, lights attract the ghosts. We don't want any of those right now. Ah, probably smart. Speaking of going into a light or seeing a light, that goes into some of our topics for today, which is the fates or the Moirai. Moirai? I believe it's Moirai. What language is that? Is that in Greek? I believe so. I believe that's where that's where it originate where they originate. It's a pretty uh, it's a pretty name. It reminds me of the name Moira. Moira just reminds me of the uh, new character in Overwatch. I haven't seen that, but isn't there a woman named Moira in that one show, um, Shit's Creek? Or I, is that the actress? No, it's the character. If you haven't seen Shit's Creek, it's, it's such a good show. I have not. Also, Silver, did you just call Moira new in Overwatch? There's been like five more characters. Hey. <laughs> Come on, Silver. <laughs> it's been a hot minute since I played, okay? <laughs> I, I, I still didn't, consider didn't we just her play new. together like last week? Yeah, but I didn't play when she first came out, so it's But we're new. on Overwatch 2 now, and she came out in Overwatch 1, let alone how many characters have come out in between there. Potatoes, potatoes. Okay, tomato, tomato. Anyways, getting off topic again. First off, we'll, before we get into the topic, Cell, uh, would you like to introduce yourself a little bit? Maybe tell people where they can find you at? Uh, sure. I am a little Siggy Elf streamer. Um, you can find me, my name is Celendria on Twitch. I stream Thursdays and Sundays right now is my usual schedule, and we stream lots of, like, comfy, cozy games and farming sims, but most of our stream is about chatting and getting to know each other. And off stream, I'm actually a psych instructor at a college, and I have a PhD in psychology and an overall fascination with mythology and fantasy and stuff like that. So you should have a good insight on maybe some of the psyches of these monsters, maybe? Or actually, they're not really monsters. Goddesses. This one, they're not. Yeah, not quite monsters, but... I would be interested in maybe seeing if this has already been done or maybe doing this myself, but breaking down how a lot of this mythology and fantasy might be a representation of like, you know, existential fears at the time or a response to the culture and maybe tie in some sort of psychology there because it could reflect psychology of the people writing these these fantasies and these mythologies. That's something for later cell, though. That takes a lot of brain power. <laughs> and I have two brain cells, so not today. Okay, well, on with the topic. So, the fates. 
Would you like to explain what you know, Cell, about the fates, or would you like me to, or? Well, have you seen Hercules? Yes. Look, so Hercules was a transformative movie when I was a kid. I absolutely loved it. I dressed up as Meg multiple Halloweens in a row, and the fates were, like, kind of this weird little throwaway plot, but they always really stuck out to me, and, and I just really liked them. So most of what I know about the fates revolves around their depiction in Hercules. So I'm excited for you to kind of fill in the blanks that I have. I think that it's just really cool that life is depicted as spun thread, if I remember correctly, and, and the end of life is getting cut with scissors. I always thought that that depiction was really poignant and I really liked it. I also had a, well, I'll let you, I'll let you fill me in and then I'll, I'll save my question for later about them. Okay. Well, the fates are three sisters. There are a group of, like you said, there they are weaving goddesses. They're always depicted as weaving thread in all their imagery. They may change in size, shape, age, but they're always usually depicted as weaving, either with the thread or a, what's that thing called? Spindle? Yeah, spindle. That's how they're always depicted as. Sometimes they're three old crones or three young women, or three women of different age ranges, like young, middle-aged, old. Is there a reason why their age changes? From what I've seen, it's just based on the artist's depiction of them, how the artists feel they believe they look like, or how the poets at the time described them. Interesting. Out of all of the ages, is there one age that you feel represents them better? I like the young, middle-aged, older type of age range, how it describes them, because they each have their own job. Also, their names, they also have their own names as well. They're not just collective, well, they're collectively known as the Fates, but their names are Clotho the Spinner, Lachesis the Allotter, and Atropus the Inflexible. So Clotho is usually depicted as the younger one because she spins the uh, thread and she's usually depicts the age that, you know, like she starts spinning it as soon as they're uh, in the womb and the, the, then Lachesis uh, measures out how long they're going to live for. Then when the time comes, Atropus cuts the thread. Ah, so you're saying that each one of them has a different age. Mm hmm Gotcha. That's really cool. Like most Greek myths, no one can say 100% or agree 100% on who their parents are. Some say they are the daughters of Nyx, but then... More often, they're portrayed as offspring of Zeus and Themis. But it's also weird, too, that they... Poets and stuff at the time say that they... Made, they arranged all of Zeus's marriages, even to Themis. Hmm. So... So maybe they had them as children before they got married? Is that how I interpret that? Is either that or... Mm, yeah, that's probably about the only way I can think of. Unless magic. I mean, I personally really like Nyx. I think Nyx is really cool. So just being able to kind of like plop children into the world all mm -hmm. on her own. 
seems pretty cool because isn't she the goddess of like nighttime and darkness or something like that? Yeah, I that's that's my personal favorite is that they're the daughters of Nyx because then that that gives them sisters of the Furies and the Kiris, as well as like Dream and uh, different other like concepts that became gods. Yeah, that whole like constellation of our family, I guess I should say, is just really cool. All the things they represent. I mean, Zeus is like fine, but also Zeus is like kind of problematic. Um, it has many children, right? Yeah, Zeus is pretty much a horn dog, and just has, yeah, he's definitely problematic to some people and most of them. Yes. So the the fates, they are they preside over human life and they they're kind of like your destiny and stuff but they're not irrefutable so it's a destiny that you can change is kind of what they stand for so the humans still had free will but the fates knew the ultimate choices and actions of each person in the after in the afterlife a human would be judged not on what deeds they had done but on how they had reacted and coped with life's changes I like that that they kind of tie the two things together. Like, to an extent, there is that path, but then also people can change their path. I've always liked that depiction of our lives as well, that we're, you know, not everything is within our control, but also some of it is in our control. Mm-hmm. If I remember correctly, that's what happened in the end of Hercules because he he changed his destiny at the very end of the movie. Yeah. And I was like, go, Hercules, go. <laughs> He pretty much changed from being human to immortal by saving Meg. Right? That's right. Yeah, he jumped into the creepy pit with all the goobos, the little gooby green guys. Spoiler warning for a movie made in the 90s. Yeah, sorry. If you haven't seen Hercules, what are you doing with your life? <laughs> yeah, so you can make your own choices, and but you're... So they... Uh, I kind of figured that all the threads they wove together was every choice you could make just kind of woven together. That would make sense. It's just which piece of the yarn you go on is how you were judged later in the afterlife. So if I remember correctly, Themis, right, is so another possible one of their mothers. Isn't she the goddess of judgment or justice? Yeah. Could that be related to why they have that, like, judgment element to them? Yeah, I believe so. That's the thing that was why they kind of went with her on these possibility and Zeus being the father. Because Zeus is kind of the ruler and then she is, controls, like, judgment and justice. So kind of put together and they, so they had the ultimate judgment say on what happens to them. The fates also decided the rules of Olympus and such. Like, they're the ones that decided that if you eat food in the underworld, in Hades, uh, you can't leave. I hate when I go somewhere and I eat food and then I get trapped. Oh, yeah. Happens to me, like, once a week, you know? <laughs> Just gotta find your way around it. They were also the ones that uh, made the deal with Persephone, that since she only ate six pomegranate seeds, that she'd have to stay in the underworld six months of the year instead of forever. Ah, so I know a little bit about Persephone's story, kind of vaguely, but I had no idea that the fates were actually involved. Yeah, since 
they're the ones that set the rules for eating and stuff. So they had to actually go to the fates and make a deal with them that, hey, it's only six seeds. Because even the gods couldn't fight the fates. Like in Hercules, the, the fates could actually kill the gods. So none of them really messed with him besides Zeus. Zeus is the only one that could maybe convince them. Then Hera sometimes. Then there was one time when Apollo got all the fates drunk and convinced them to keep somebody alive. I don't know why, but the image of them getting drunk is kind of funny to me. I think that was the only story that they ever got drunk from what I heard. Usually they are kept by themselves. I've heard stories that they're also located in the underworld, the, their base there, or they're up in Olympus. Do you know anything about lore Olympus? Chaotic's more the, uh, I, I'm up to lore Olympus for a, a little bit, but Chaotic's ahead of me on it. I uh, haven't read it myself, but I've seen it online before, and I just really like the the style of art is really cool. And I just looked up very quickly the lore Olympus fates, and they're also really cool. Yeah, you should uh, you should definitely um, definitely read it if you haven't. I think it's really cool because when like they have their visions and stuff or talk about fate, it's like through a VHS. It's really cool. You should just you should pick it up. It's really neat. That is really cool. I do love VHS style, and I think a lot of that nostalgic late '90s VHS style is really making a comeback recently. Ah, uh, okay, yeah. Now I know what the characters. When you said VHS, I was kind of thinking, "Oh." Yeah, yeah. You, Hades goes down in that room, and that's what mm -hmm. that's when you figure out more. He was looking at his past, which is the thing that the Fates do, because the Fates are omnipotent. They know everything. They know your past. They know your future. They know your present. Which is why they kind of pal around with, uh, what are they called? They see the future. Psychics? Kinda, but it's an older, fancier term. Uh, uh, I wanted to say soothsayer, <laughs> but I don't know if that's the right term. Seers? Seers. If, if you had the opportunity to talk to the fates and get like get a glimpse into the end of your life would you want to know or would you want to live life without that knowledge absolutely not <laughs> i'll pass yeah i think so too i think i would rather go in ignorant and not know because i think if especially if it's like a horrific end of my life then i'm just gonna be anxious about it for the rest of my life yeah i'm, I'm too i'm too anxious of a person i can't do that me too i think just knowing it would change it so it wouldn't even matter if you knew it but i still wouldn't want to know it that's a really good point. And a lot of stories about fate and destiny are so cool because they tie in this concept of just knowing changes the trajectory of everything. I've always thought that was fascinating. So the seers kind of look in with the fates and the see things. That's why most people go to seers. Leave. Get out. Absolutely not. Banned. That wasn't even an intentional pun, but... I can't even believe you right now. You looked dead into the camera and said it too, <laughs> sir. <laughs> Why would you say a pun while I'm here, Silver? You know I hate them. I'm feeling very attacked right now. And Sears, of all things. Sir, come on. What? Sears is in the past. They're close down. Oh, I'm leaving. I'm never coming back. It was nice knowing you. I'm glad I was here for the end of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's dead now. It's over. I mean, speaking of seeing, so one of my favorite parts 
of the Hercules depiction was the fact that the fates only had one eye between the three of them. Was that something unique to Disney or is that something that you've seen in earlier depictions? Well, that was Disney mixing up mythology. <laughs> Oopsies. Disney, don't cancel us. So the Disney fates are actually called Greys. So the Greys. I will say Disney is not the only one who's done the one eye. So they are not the only ones that have muffed up. Disney used the imagery of the gray, which is G-R-A-E-A-E, gray A, which were another group of three sisters in Disney, in not a group of three sisters in Greek mythology that shared one eye and one tooth among them. And their name was, I might mix these up, so it's Dano, Dread, Inyo, Horror, and Pimperado, Larm. And they were daughters of the sea gods Forse and Seto, and sisters of the Gorgons. Oh, I love Gorgons. Did they just, like, hang out with their one tooth? Like, what were they doing? I'm sure if they were hungry, they just kind of passed it around. I mean, as someone with teeth problems, that's a mood, honestly. Mm -hmm. I wonder if Disney did that purposefully though you know whoever was writing this wanted to give those characters a little more spice and that was definitely something that stood out to me the imagery of them kind of like passing around the eyeball and i remember one time they drop it and it like falls into some cobwebs and they have to kind of buff it off on their robes um so to sell's child brain that really stood out so i wonder if they did that purposefully or if they made a mistake as much as disney gets into mythology i'm going to say that's probably a purposeful thing um, so many movies have moved it, it has have used it since Disney has done that to represent the Fate Sisters. Um, the Clash of the Titans used it. The film rendition of Percy Jackson used it. There's multiple authors that have used the one eye pass around thing with the Fates. So I think that the the Gray are just kind of like mixed up in this permanently, and like everybody's just kind of forgotten that they are two separate entities. I actually have never seen Percy Jackson. Aren't they making a remake or something like that? Yeah, they're doing a show as opposed to the movies now. Ah. I've seen the movies a long time ago. My sister is more into the books and reading them. Um, if you ever do get to watch it, it is it is pretty hilarious, their representation in it. Um, I'm pretty sure it's from the second one, so it's not the first one, it's the second one, because the second one is... Maybe? Maybe it is the first one. It's been a minute. No, it's the first one. That's when they were because going to the get second fight the Hydra, right? Hermes. No. Yes. Yes, but that's not that's not right before the Hydra. Because they that's the one where they have to go to um oh what's the first place they go? Medusa. They had to go to Medusa's gardens. That was the first place they went. And then they went to Tennessee for the Hydra, and then they went to Vegas for the other, the Lotus. I kind of already went over each sister individually and their names and nicknames. So we got Clotho the Spinner, Lachesis the Lauder, and then Atropus, who is the Unturnable. And in that in that order, they are future, present, past, right? No, that's just the thing. That's those are different sisters. No, there's this. The Clotho's present, the Clotho's future, because she weaves the future. Um, uh, okay. 
the other name that I just <laughs> yeah. completely just Lachesis. Uh, Lachesis is present um, because she's the allotter, and then Atropos is the unturning or the inflexible, which is your past. Yeah, that makes more sense now that you said it instead of me thinking in my head. No, it messes you up because they they always present the sisters as uh, Clotho, Lachesis, Atropos, and it's like reverse, mm -hmm. I think. Hang on, I'm trying to make sure I got this right because I could be wrong. Yeah, Atropos is one that cuts the thread. and Yeah, yeah. Atropos is the past, Clotho is the present, and Lachesis is the future. So the only ones I mixed up were Clotho and Lachesis. I wonder if the term Atropos has something to do with the term atrophy, which is about like wasting away. I wonder if it shares like a root word there. I mean, it's possible. It might. There's a couple uh, other deities that kind of pal around with the sisters as well, or are commanded by them. The ones that are ma mainly known for them are the Furies. They kind of carry out the fate's orders. So, like, if somebody murders somebody, the fates get angry at them, and they send the Furies after them in order to kind of kill the murderer or make him have judgment. Because the murderers just making their job harder because they ended a thread before it was faded uh, to. I'd be pretty angry too. Just making more work for them. They also sent the Furies after people who were perjurers or men who disobeyed their fathers. So that's a wide range of punishments. Okay, no perjury, no murder, no biso, no biso day. Wow, words are hard. <laughs> disobeying my father. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. Something I've noticed is this trend of like three sisters because the fates are three sisters. The gray, or I think Wikipedia says the green. However you say that, that's three sisters. The Furies are three sisters, it looks like. Yep. And um, when you said that the fates sometimes are depicted as three different ages, the very first thing I thought of was in like neo-paganism or, or like Wicca, you have the triple goddess, the, uh, the maiden, the mother, and the crone as well. So there seems to be these like interwoven connections between these mythologies or these religions and depicting three women. And I wonder why that is. I don't know, because that's also spread throughout a lot of religions and uh, mythologies, because even, the, have you heard of the Norns? I don't think so. Yeah, they're the Norse version, aren't they? Yep, they're the Norse version of the uh, fates. They they do the exact same thing. They predict the future. They're, they got some other small things with them that are different. But it's a set of three sisters, either weaving or uh, tending to Yggdrasil, making it grow. Um, I did want to touch on Selene's mention of the number three and women. Um, a lot of the times, uh, the number three is considered a divine number. So it's like a, a close to godliness number. And then it also always represents past, present, future, birth, life, and death. So, and you, they never, especially in mythologies, never include birth, life, and death without women. So the power of the, the triple women is that they're the divine past, present, future, basically. That's really cool. So it sounds like I need to find two more baddies Absolutely. to be in my squad. Okay. 
some other deities that usually go along with the Fates and the Furies are Ilithia, which is the goddess of childbirth and the patron patroness of midwives. She's usually associated with, uh, like she's there when the babies are born and Clotho is there spinning the thread. So they usually work kind of together with that. And the last little group of DDs that are the Kurs, Keres, K-E-R-E-S, which were female death spirits and also more daughters of Nyx, which so that make them uh, sisters to the fates, possibly, on, depending on which mythology you're following. And they were not very peaceful. Uh, they were said to be demons that wait above battlefields for when men die violent deaths, they can throw their souls to the underworld to be judged and consume their flesh. Yum. That's pretty badass. I think we'll probably cover those three in other episodes, so I didn't want to hit too much on them. Did you know that even though they were in charge of mortal lives, they only spoke to a mortal once? Which mortal was that? Um, it was to Althea, who is, or Althea, uh, who is the mother of Maliger. Um, he came they came to the mother after he was born and handed him a like a yule log like a log and was like if and when you burn this he will only survive until it's ash and she of course like as a mother does especially in greek mythology took it and hid it because she didn't want other gods finding it or other people finding it and he ends up wiping out his entire family all of his brothers and um, it's like a fight over like a skin or something like that. And uh, she throws the log in the fire herself to kill her son. Brutal. She did end up also doing, you know, the things to herself because she was upset that all of her sons were dead. But, you know, that's that tends to be how the fates work. They're pretty gruesome when they have something to say. I mean, sometimes you just got to get your point across. That was actually the story I had. Imagine <laughs> I have another one I can tell. Is it the one with Hercules's uh, mom's midwife? No, you tell that one. I'm going to tell the Apollo one after this. Oh, this I didn't have this one written down. It's just one I heard once or twice in my looking up and studying for this. It was that. So, you know how Hercules was born? I'm probably confusing it with Athena, but did he like burst out of someone's head? They like to do that in Greek mythology. That was Athena there. How was Hercules born then? Well, I can go think of it real quickly. And we know, I know we went over it mainly in the Hydra episode, but Hercules was going to be born, and then his cousin was going to be born at the same time. Well, Hercules was supposed to be born first, but uh, Hera got in the way and convinced the fates to kind of hold off on Hercules. Uh, birth just for a little bit and that she either got a hold of Elethia or Clotho and it kind of delayed Hercules birth so that his cousin could be born first and become the king the fates didn't like this but the fates couldn't do nothing to Hera really at the time so instead 
they went to punish Hercules's midwife. Mom's midwife? How does that work? <laughs> I'm not sure. But they ended up transforming her into a oar, if I remember right. And the boar had to give, she had to give birth to so many children. But the only way she could get pregnant and get bare children is if she was, this is their words, if I remember right, mounted through the ears and given birth through the mouth. That poor midwife, she's trying to help that baby pop out. Wrong place, wrong time. What the, f like, I, <sighs> Greek mythology is so disturbing for what? I wonder if there was some herb that they were smoking at the time. 10 out of 10. <laughs> no doubts. This is a little lit. Yeah. Parting yeah. a little too hard over there. <laughs> you can go with yours now, Chaotic. That's just what I heard. That is, oh my god. I, uh, the only other one that I have is the only time they've been successfully tricked, um, per se, was Apollo. Um, his favorite son was going to die, so he went to them and was trying to get them to, um, agree to, I'm pretty sure he got them drunk. He gets the fates drunk and tries to be like, hey, spare his life if I can find somebody in under a year or something like that. And he never ends up finding anybody to take the place of, um, even though they agreed. But his mom, his son's mom, ends up stepping up and trading her life for his son, her son's anyways. So all of it was pretty much pointless. But the fact is, if you get the fates drunk, you can probably get them to make a deal, is, is the only thing we learned out of this. What alcohol do very powerful, angry women prefer to drink? Wine. It's wine. That's what I thought. <laughs> Dionysus, right, is the wine guy? Yes. Yeah, the Dionysus, Dionysus specialty. He can give it out, but he can't drink it. Wine always makes my face really red. Like, really, really red. I got my uh, gallbladder taken out, and they were like, you're not going to be allowed to eat spicy stuff. It's going to mess with you. No, it's wine. I can eat spicy stuff all night, but if I try to drink wine, it feels like I'm having a heart attack. It's the worst thing in the world. Well, I'm sorry. Yeah, I suffer it every now and then for the taste, but it sucks. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I would prefer to keep spicy food over wine because I love spice so much. Same. I was very bummed. I, they, they were like, you're not going to be able to do that or drink any like like uh, sweetened tea or any. I was like, this sucks. And all it is is wine. I'm like, it's not so bad. You should try mead. Uh, I tried to make whatever you made the last time you made mead and I never had a chance. I've never had mead. I think it's gluten free though. I should try it. It's got, let's see, through a bunch of honey and a thing of water, through a bunch of yeast in it. It dissolved and just siphoned it through. Pretty much, yeah, not all there is. Just the yeast to eat and make the alcohol. Actually, fairly easy to make. Any questions you had, Cell, on the fates? Or that's pretty much all I had on my notes. I think I think that's everything. I think we talked about a lot of cool stuff. I, that question about the eyeball was what I really wanted to ask you guys. So it's really fascinating that Disney either did that purposefully or messed up. So I might dig a little bit into that to see what the answer to that is. Again, Disney, please don't cancel me. Did you? I just found this out. So I love, um, if you guys have not watched Clash of the Titans or um, there's another one that's made too. There's Clash of the Titans and... Clash of the Titans 2? No. 
like it's got a whole nother name there's a wrath of the titans clash of the titans itself the three witches that i was talking about he kind of talks about them having fate and stuff like when you're in the movie so i just considered them the fates their actual names are actually the grees or the grays we were talking about they're actually named after the grace so they are somebody who technically got it right they just gave them also the fate ability so they got their names correct for the actual grays but not not for the the instance of as exactly what they do it is really neat you mentioned that they were like the the sea goddesses daughter like the sea witch's daughter because when they're there it is extremely slick and wet and it looks like it's rained and it's like tar like when they walk up the mountain and stuff um that's also a really neat one um i know Celine, you mentioned the uh when they throw the eye and stuff like that and stuff gets on it it happens in the titans as well and he grabs it by the stem it's super gross it's like more realistic version of them but it's really cool to watch i've also always freaked me out ever since um pan's labyrinth you know that scene with the guy who puts the eyeballs in his hand yep yep yeah. What's his name? The white, uh, uh, yeah, gray man or something like that. Something like that. Hang on. Some of the mythology from Pan's Labyrinth would be a really cool podcast. The pale man. Pale man. That's it. The gray man. Pale man. I was close. Either way, he's terrifying. He is. Yeah. That. That also absolutely. He mortified me. It was. I'm done. <laughs> Between that and uh, Beetlejuice, when the eyes are on the fingers. <gasps> yes. Yeah, eyes, I think, are very visceral, right? Because we have eyeballs in our head, but we don't try to touch them, and they're squishy. Ooh. At least I assume they're squishy. I've never actually touched one. <laughs> I have had to, yeah. They're pretty bit. Honestly, I don't know if I could ever, like, do contacts. Because you have to, like, put the contact in your eye, and that freaks me out. I have to do, the only time I use contacts is for cosplay, and those are rough enough. I am good. I never want to wear them my entire existence. Could not. Silver, would you do contacts? No, I can't do the total touchy eyeball either. It, my, I flinch too much. I don't like things near my eyes. That's why I wear glasses and they can protect my eyes. You should wear goggles on all sides, like that suction cup to your face. I do have a pair that go over my glasses at work. I have three pairs. One's yellow, one's like completely pitch black from when I'm torching, and then another pair is clear. Good, you need to stay safe because the amount of times you tell me you got injured at work make me worried. It's semi-daily. Chaotic knows more of my injury stories. Want to yell at you on podcast? Because I can <laughs> let it all out. Usually do anyways. Just be out here injuring yourself. You know, you have a head that shouldn't be overstressed and yet you overstress yourself. You know, you're, you'll come home, you'll be like, my back hasn't been working right for three days, but we're here, we're vibing, I'm still going to work. Like, okay, that's, he'll he'll go to work and he'll be like, my head's bleeding. And I'll be like, oh, I'm sorry, can you reverse back to what happened? Like, no, he just, it, just new injuries every week, it's fine. We just want to put silver in bubble wrap so he's safe. There's just some injuries you can't avoid. Machines are out to get you. Stephen King made a movie about that. Have you seen it? It's terrible. <laughs> Do you know the one not... I'm talking about? It's so bad. <laughs> are you talking about, well, which are you talking about the car? Or are you talking about the actual like? Hold on, let me Google it. Okay, okay. Maximum overdrive. Yep, yep. I knew that's the other one you were going for. Yes. It's, sometimes I love Stephen King, but sometimes you could tell he just had a little too much cocaine. And you're like, Steven, put the cocaine yeah. down. Mm -hmm. Yep. 
So sorry, Silver. You just sounded. You just reminded me of that plot because essentially all the trucks and the machinery take take over and start killing humans. I uh, it it's not a very common. Um, a lot of people really like the movie, and that's great, and they love the book. But it, um, he was definitely doing so many drugs. There's absolutely no way he wrote that sober. <laughs> I love that book, but every time I used to have a viewer that every time I brought it up, he'd be like, oh, and he'd directly bring up that one scene. And I kind of called him out. Yep, I was like, yep. can I talk about the book without you bringing up that one scene once in my life, please? Yep. Mm -hmm. And that's I, I really did enjoy that the new movies uh, included like the more alien native old like art of like the the tim curry movies didn't really yeah they didn't really like talk about the actual alienation of it or the, like the extraterrestrial parts of it but yeah that it's wild there's no way you got from point a to point z without drugs yeah it's a it's a rough one do you have a favorite stephen king story uh it used to be um my entire mind just flooded itself out um i used to love dr sleep um, I loved The Shining, but Doctor Sleep was was my favorite. Um, and now I love The Outsider. I haven't read The Outsider. It is uh, there's oh there's kid essay, so it's hard to read. Um, but I promise the ending and the stuff that goes on in between is worth it. I'll put that on my list. My favorite was always Pet Cemetery. One because I'm a huge cat lover. And then two, because I feel like it touches on this more like existential dread of like losing, like grief and loss and stuff like that. Um, yeah. With, of course, a creepy twist, but the book was just so well done, in my opinion. That's um, before I even like started reading Stephen King. One of the first movies I ever watched of his was Cujo. And I always thought that concept was super cool. Like it's super cheesy to watch now, especially. But the concept is very neat. Sorry for the tangent, Silver. <laughs> no, that's fine. Was it Cujo the dog in Sandlot? No. Cujo is a dog, though. Yeah. <laughs> it is the dog story. It's just not the uh, the one in Sandlot. The Sandlot one, I'm pretty sure, is just called Monster. Hercules, the beast. Oh. Hey, it comes full circle. It does. <laughs> we, we went all the way back around. Back to mythology. Back to Greek. Back to Hercules and kind of Maleager. Uh, Hercules met Maleager in, when he went to the underworld. And Maligar told Hercules to, hey, once you get back up there, just go ahead and marry my sister. <laughs> GG's. And his sister GGs. is the spoilers for Hercules book or mythology, but Maligar's sister is the one that gave Hercules the poison tunic that killed him. Rip. I'll tell you what, though, mythology Hercules kind of deserves it. Yeah. Disney Hercules doesn't. He's an angel, but mythology Hercules deserves it. He shot his best friend with a Poisoned arrow. Best he, centaur friend. Atlas the Titan literally just wanted this world off his shoulders. He was like, please, I'll behave. I'll be so good. Hercules was like, you know what, bro? I'll hold the world up for you if you do this one thing for me. Atlas did it, brought it back to Hercules. He's like, look what I did. And Hercules is like, cool, hold the world for me so I can grab it. And then left Atlas there holding the world again. Damn. He deserves everything coming to him from that point on. <laughs> kind of going back to the fates in modern media. I know we talked about Percy Jackson and Hercules, and but the the newest one I know of is that they're in the new Netflix Sandman. Oh, I've only seen the first episode of that, but that makes me kind of want to continue the series. I've heard some good stuff about that show. I like it a lot because 
they also bring in a Leon Shi, which is a monster from Celtic mythology that we recently talked about. Yeah, I listened to a little bit of that podcast, the the mm-hmm. Muse. Yeah. That name is hard to pronounce. Most Celtic names seem to be. We can't pronounce a single name on this show. It doesn't matter right. how as long hard as we try. I know. <laughs> yeah, that was the newest one. I know they're also in, they're the main antagonist in the uh, season five of Legends of Tomorrow, which is a DC like superhero crossover mix-up time travel show. I actually have never heard of that show before. It aired a lot when uh, The Flash and Arrow and like 2013, 14. That makes sense. They were capitalizing on that like DC hype. Yeah. Did you have any more chaotic? No. Like I said, my favorite one is, uh, my favorite two representations of them are Lore Olympus and Clash of the Titans. Those are my two favorite um, Hercules was one of my favorite movies growing up, a lot like Cells, and it was just, uh, it was really neat, and I like the sisters in particular. I think what I liked most about them was the scissors. I, I, I don't know how to explain that. Like, just watching them cut those lifelines was interesting. Uh, yeah, and then the fact that the god one, because they can't mess with god lives. Um, they can tell you what's going to happen, but they can't cut or mess with them. Um, just seeing the scissors break and stuff, something oddly satisfying about that when I was watching. Um... So I just kind of took an interest in them all together. I actually prefer the Norse version of the sisters. Um, everything about them. That's it's one of my I actually write characters involving the sisters on the Norse side. So I, I really enjoy them a lot. But just the concept of the fact that these three women who I prefer the story of them being unbelievably beautiful. Like they are just like when when they're found and they're like these alone maidens and all of these gods all the time are like whoa they're like drop dead gorgeous i think that's like my favorite version of them because you don't expect these three creepy fate telling sisters to be these goddesses that they constantly were kind of mistreated or maltreated by because you got to think being the only people in the entire god universe that can tell you your past present and future you know how much they were hounded and bothered and had to mess with and meddle with things like it just had to be crazy so i just i prefer them most in those those three mythologies or like representations i guess we stand hot powerful women yes <laughs> they're the dms of the mythology universe yeah in a way yeah you can't tell me the future lady's not tiny tina as a dm <laughs> how much chaos can i cause today i guess with that we'll move on to the mayhem do you know what our mayhem section is about, Cell? No, mayhem, I, I assume. We'll have chaotic start with the mayhem then. Let's go. Um, so our mayhem section generally consists of us talking about how we think these these monsters, myths, or legends would survive in modern day society and how they would affect everyday life of of people like us. So, in my opinion, seeing as I am unfortunately stuck as a mortal. And cannot be super cool to talk to these ladies. It really wouldn't affect much in the state of the unknowing. Um, but if we went back and like circled back to what Cell was talking about earlier. About maybe getting to talk to them and find out your past, present, and future. I think it could play a lot of games with the butterfly effect in the mortal realm. i say the butterfly effect would be a major cause for concern with them. I think a lot of people would be asking about the past and stuff. Trying to record. They'd have the most accurate version of the past because they'd know it. I think they'd be bothered about that Mm, that's true 
That's like a, oh, I guess bothering them is annoying, but I feel like that's a somewhat optimistic view of it. I think that if they existed and humanity knew about them, we would, like, the fabric of society would destroy, would be destroyed. That's what I think, because I think that there are just too many humans that would let their, they would experience psychosis trying so hard to figure out their fate. Because I think there's so many people that, so in psychology, we have this concept called need for cognitive closure or just generally like need for closure. And it's a spectrum. So different people fall on that spectrum. So some people really need closure in their life. They need to know why things are the way they are. They need to know what's going to happen. They need to know the answer to a puzzle. Whereas some people are okay with ambiguity and not knowing those answers. And I could see those people that are really high in that need for closure um, phenomenon really, really, really wanting to know answers from them. And I could see that like driving them to the brink of madness, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But if if no one knew they existed, then it, I, I'm I'm agreeing with Chaotic that it wouldn't impact mortals that much. If they still stayed well enough hidden, if they could still be either in Olympus or the Underworld and no one really knew about them, then they'd be okay. They, no one really knows, but say if they wanted to get out and about and Maybe they worked super fast and had some time off from spinning threads or they had to get a different job. They would probably make their own way, maybe stay hidden that way. Maybe they'd be like a successful fan fiction writers because they'd know uh, what a story could have been <laughs> or something like that. As long as they don't go turning anyone into boars that have to give birth through their mouths, then we'll be good. I mean, there's been weirder things. Look at Florida. It's over now. <laughs> sorry, Florida. We're not. We're not sorry, Florida. We're not sorry. Absolutely. Not. <laughs> we're not sorry. Yeah, I don't think they cause too much mayhem. Not in a. They like this. Not in a main stage type. Like a little secret mayhem. Yeah, maybe one or two people here and there and. Otherwise, they're just kind of writing everybody's stories as long as nobody uh, goes against them or everything should be okay. I guess that's the end of the mayhem. It was a really short one this time. Before we leave, I would just like to say one more time that I would like Cell to read Lore Olympus. And if and when you do that, you need to come tell me how much you loved it. Because it is a good one. Yeah, I can do that. Sounds good. Heck yeah. I love the art style. I've always liked it. I've always kind of seen back when I was on Tumblr, I feel like people were posting stuff from it. I've seen mm -hmm. stuff on like Twitter from it and it's always piqued my interest. But my issue is that I always say I need to go do stuff in terms of like catching up with pop culture. Like I've been saying that I need to watch Spy Family for like a year now. And then I find myself just watching liminal space compilations on YouTube instead of actually doing something productive with my life. So, <laughs> but I'm almost on winter break because class is almost out. So maybe during winter break, I'll pick it up. But yeah, I'll definitely keep you posted. Yes, definitely. It's a good one. Uh, Silver's sister, Ruby, gets into my Twitch chat every freaking time she comes in. She's like, how are you caught up yet? <laughs> I'm like, I'm working on it. With us ending, kind of wrapping this up, uh, would you like to list off your socials one more time and where they can find you, Sil? Yeah, sure. So I'm at twitch.tv slash Selendria, S-E-L-E-N-D-R-E-A. 
And I'm also active on Twitter for as long as Twitter still exists. I think it's like Solendria with an underscore at the end or something like that. If you type in Solendria, you'll find me. I post uh, cat pictures from my animal shelter that I volunteer at, as well as like other updates and go live notifications. Um, I'm not on Hive. I decided to not do a Hive. Did you guys make a Hive account? I did not. Yeah, I decided against it. But those are my main socials, honestly. So everybody should go check her out and uh, drop a follow on Twitch. Thanks for having me. I enjoyed myself. It was fun to have you on. Talk about the fates and they have the goal to find two more people to join you in the power of three. Yes, I shall look. They must be as stinky as me and as chaotic as me. Isn't there three of you in the ginger crew? Mm, I mean, Rasalka? Who else are you thinking? For some reason, I was thinking uh, Ben was in there too. Swole Beeman. I don't know if they have red hair, but I do like Ben. Ben's pretty rad. Ben's is Ben stinky though. They're swole. I volunteer. I volunteer my best friend Anna for your service. Is she stinky? Yes. Um, and wonderfully wholesome, all in the same. Are they on Twitch? Yes. Uh, you can always DM me the link. I'll check them out. Oh heck yeah! I'm always looking for more friendos on Twitch, especially women. I like to support. Femme yeah. women on Twitch. Well, thanks, y'all. I appreciate it. Thank you. And uh, I guess we'll go with our normal end of show things. If you would like to contribute and have your name shouted out on the podcast, you can join our Patreon like Ruby, Thor, Mondi, and Nuggies have. Do you want to say your outro, Chaotic? Join us again next Monday on Monsters, Miss, and Mayhem, found on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Anchor.fm. Silver and Chaotic talk about how Monsters and Myths came to be and how they would be received in modern-day society. Follow, like, and subscribe to support. Also find the podcast on Twitter and Discord with the links below to keep up to date with the newest merch and activity. Besides, who knows what mayhem we will get into next.